I've got a big fat bowl of fuck you, Michael Holler. Time drive. My name is Zena Wood, and my name is Tyler. Oh no, wait! I gotta sound more dickish. And my name is Tyler Pino. I don't get it. <laughs> and my name is Tyler Pino, and my name is Michael Holler. My name is Gian Gomez. I'm the littlest one in the show. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Gian Gomez. Michael. Yes. How's your week been, man? Fine. That's it. Nothing exciting. Really? Yeah. Um, school? Nothing? No. Great. This is great. <laughs> this, this is great. Concept. This is great I think you radio. forget sometimes that I go to a liberal arts school. I know. Nothing happens. I don't know. You also live in a dorm. I do live in a dorm. Have there been any wild sex parties in the dorm? Not to my knowledge. In the last week? Well, to be fair, if I did have that knowledge, I probably would not divulge that knowledge. What? To the listeners? To you. Well, I don't listen to this. <laughs> Does anyone really? A couple thousand people and if, do, and as if a matter so, of fact. Why? <laughs> I, I, you got me, <laughs> but they do. Um, so, your life is boring and shitty. Uh, eh. uh, what else is new? Um, well, it's a funny thing you should ask that, because just earlier this week, Zack Snyder tried to pull a Marvel and break the internet and didn't really... Do that, but he, he showed off a picture of Aquaman. He excited the internet a bit. He didn't break it. No, no. It, it came about as close to breaking the internet as a picture of Aquaman probably ever could. <laughs> I mean, I saw it retweeted three times on my Twitter feed, and that was about it. I, I saw it a bunch of times on Twitter. I saw it a bunch of times on Facebook. Um, but Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Call fucking Drogo. Still looks like Cal Drogo. Looks a little bit like Rob Zombie in this picture. <laughs> He looks like he looks like Aquaman, the Dark Years, and joined a heavy metal band. Yeah, started touring with the Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> um, and the, the thing says, "Unite the Seven. Is he talking about like the Seven Seas, or is there seven people in the Justice League? Or that's those are the two things that are getting thrown around. I like to think that it's the Seven Gods from um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's probably what they're talking about, like the Sept. What if what if he's actually in Las Vegas and he has a gambling problem and he's trying to get like that triple seven? Maybe. That could be it. Unite the triple seven. <laughs> Unite the sevens. Well, here's the thing about this costume. It's really not much of a costume at all, is it? No, he's basically. Sure. I mean, we we're not seeing the full. We're basically seeing his upper torso. Well, it looks great, and I'm not I'm not shitting on it. I just mean like there's very little costume here. There's. He's got, like, a, a sleeve, like an armor sleeve. He's got two sleeves. Well, he's got one armor sleeve and one gauntlet. The other, the scales and stuff, those are tattoos. Are they? Yeah. They're supposed to be tattoos. I'm sure they're fake. They actually incorporated his real tattoo that he has on his lower arm into the costume. Because he had, it looked like scales, and I guess it's a Polynesian thing. He's actually from the great island nation of Hawaii as well. 
Is he? Did you know that? I did not, but I can totally see that. That's fine. Well, I guess in an interview a few weeks back... Actually, I did know that because he did the... Uh... Oh, fuck. What was it? For his audition tape for Game of Thrones, he did the... I think it's called the Haka, which is like a Polynesian or Hawaiian dance thing. And it just scared the shit out of Do it right now. I want to know what it's like. I don't know how to do it. It just scared the shit out of the casting director. So, uh, yep, that's him. That's the one. That's the one. He's scary and big and... Very, very handsome and fit. He is, um, and his trident can pierce Superman's skin, according to Zack Snyder. Well, that's a canon thing, as like a magic doohickey. And Superman has two weaknesses. One, kryptonite. Two, magic. Um, well, technically he doesn't have the kryptonite weakness anymore, because now it's actually the oxygen from his own planet. That's his weakness. We're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> no, it's canon. You don't understand. It's part of the new movies. I don't want to talk about it, it Michael. It I makes, just don't want to see it. It makes so much sense that it completely validates taking away one of the most important and iconic comic book devices in history. And you know what's stupid is Zack that Snyder movie. even said um, that kryptonite does not exist in this universe. So basically, what, what he is Neither saying... Neither does the concept of mass genocide, either. Well, you know, like... He's taking away the only weakness that Superman has, essentially. Well, that and Aquaman's trident, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Aquaman's gonna fucking throw his trident at it, and Superman's just gonna hit it with a laser, and like, what was that supposed to do? Well, Superman, the whole cliche is that he's so fucking boring because he has no weaknesses. He's just too good. He's he can't bread. be stuck. Fucking white bread. Yeah, and it, well, now he's literally unstoppable. Except for That's Mormon. not true. He could have like his feelings hurt, and then they could go on an emotional journey. You know, it'd be really mm-hmm. funny for if twelve years in yeah, space. It'd, it'd be really funny if Superman's weakness was that he was actually insensitive, like he has like like micro penis or something, and he's really he's really sad about that. So if anyone ever like makes a small penis joke, it cripples him. Mm. Maybe he does have micro penis. <laughs> that, that's... That's, That's why there's no red underwear to exemplify the bulge, because right. there's no bulge. <laughs> there's no bulge anymore. No. That's going to be, like, that'll be the whole plot to the next movie, is Batman deduces that he has a really small penis, and then makes fun of him for it. He's like, world's greatest detective. World's greatest detective. World's smallest penis. So, I, I think the armor, people keep calling it armor, but it's not, I guess. I, I like the design of it. I like the overall look to it. I think it... Wait, don't attack me yet. Let me face you with my left shoulder. Yeah, which is strange. That's an actual thing, though. Like, the, um, what do you call those things? Holy fuck, gladiators would wear those. Yeah. But only on one arm. You know, I remember seeing this really weird, weird poster for, I was actually probably a DVD cover at Walmart one day. You know how, like, you browse through, like, the shitty bin at Walmart? Well, back when I was in Hawaii and they had Walmarts. Mm-hmm. I don't have those here. But... When we were in Walmart and there'd be, like, the shitty movie bin. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's probably called, like, the discount movie bin. Like, the shitty no, movie bin. You know what I'm talking about. Bin, yeah. Every uh, once in a while you get lucky and there's... Yeah, and you'll find, like, a copy of Pulp Fiction or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but no. I've actually never seen that. Pulp Fiction? Mm-hmm. Fuck you. No, you've seen that. I haven't seen it. Fuck you. You've seen Pulp Fiction. I've never seen Pulp Fiction. Are you fucking... Are you for real? No, I'm serious. I like, I like the idea of Tarantino. I, I don't really like his movies, though. I've fucking seen Pulp Fiction. I fucking watched Pulp Fiction last night to go to bed. You fuck. Oh, so now you're saying Pulp Fiction puts you to sleep. It does. That's fucked up. It actually does. It, it comforts me. No, um, what was I saying before you fucked me up? 
Um, something about the discount Walmart bin. Oh, yeah, and, and I saw there was a poster for a DVD that was Werewolves versus Gladiators, and it was, like, the shirtless guy, and, like, he had a sword, and there was a werewolf, and the werewolf had full body armor and a sword. Uh, well, like you uh, do. Well, <laughs> like, you didn't like, uh, Why are movies so shitty? Nah. Uh, well, so shitty? I don't know. Werewolves versus Gladiator sounds good. Better than Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Shit. I saw someone posted on Twitter that, um, you know, a Kingsman only needs one shade of grey. Two if it's pinstriped. But <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, um, I don't get it's it. It's Fifty Shades of Grey is dominating, no pun intended, at the box office. Last I checked, it had a $96 million opening weekend. I want to say Kingsman had a $45 million opening weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... We've, we've actually... Um, we've recently... You, you saw Kingsman recently, actually. I did. And what are your thoughts? It was okay. Yeah? Yeah, it was all right. Enjoyed it? I really liked it. Um, it was really, really fun. Uh, it was the... You know, the way that I think of it is that it's that Bond movie that we're never, ever going to get again. Um, yeah. And it's a lot more hyper-violent and uh, fun to look at. But it did a lot of things that I don't normally like in these kind of movies. But it didn't bother me at all because it just... It goes to show that you could really have any story you want as long as you tell it competently. As long as you have a decent director. Yeah. Then it's it's going to work out. It was all... It was very uh, reminiscent of a superhero origin story in as much as it's this kid um, working his way into the Kingsman, um, which is a spy agency? A fake one? Yeah. Made up of tailors? It was, uh, well, the tailor thing was a front, but it was a international, independently funded spy corporation. Who was it funded by? Well, the whole thing was, they explained it very briefly in the movie, is uh, Kingsman was a tailor place. Your mom was a tailor that, place. Uh, they said they clothed the most powerful people in the world. And uh, after World War One, a lot of these powerful people were left without heirs and a desire to do something good. So they donated their inheritance to the Kingsmen, and that's how the spy agency was formulated. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I, that's, that's cool. It makes sense. Because I, I believe in the actual Secret Service comic book, it was just MI6. Which would have been too outlandish had they just done that. Well, it would have been too on the head, because if it wants to be... Uh, if it wants to be in the vein of the Bond movies, then you can't literally you can't just actually make, make it, it MI6. Bond movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, her Majesty's Secret Service. No, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought all of the performances were fucking great. I thought it was beautifully shot. And it was entertaining throughout. What did you think of uh, Taron Egerton, the lead actor? Um, played Eggsy. He was uh, very good. This was his first motion picture. He's a fucking Welshman, too. Is he? Yeah. He's a fucking sheep fucker. I'm sure he'd appreciate hearing I'm that. sure he would, too. But, um... But no, um, a lot of people are actually, well, I know Mark Miller specifically, is jockeying for him to play Peter Parker in the new Spider-Man film. Mm. Who else has said that, though? Because if it, it's just Mark Miller, then yeah, what, are mean, they going to listen to a comic book creator? For, for a comic book movie? For a comic book movie based on the thing that he wrote? Yeah, no one's going to do that. What did you say? We were talking about, there was one, there was one scene that was hyper-violent in the film, and... Uh, 
Matthew Vaughn showed that clip to Mark Millar. <laughs> And Mark Miller said, yeah, that's fine. It's great. Put it in there. It's great, man. Put it in there. I think it's great. And the studio said, that's that's a little too much. Let's try and cut that down. So they did. And what did you say? Well, no, the re- the way that that had to have gone down was he shows it to him. He's like, oh, that's fucking great. I think it could use a little bit more fucking blood, but that's good. And then they show it to the studios and the studios are just like, why are you showing him things? No, you don't talk to Mark. Vince, or Vince, Matthew, don't talk to fucking Mark anymore. Just get, no, get him out of here. He's gonna, we're going to be an X-rated film. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be NC-17. But the scene that you're talking about um, is a scene without spoiling too much of the plot, but I think that if you've seen the previews, you, you probably have a good idea of what it is. It's Colin Firth mowing down an entire church of people, killing them all with his mostly his bare hands, a little bit of a gun up front, and then... And then, you know, like, pews and uh, flagpoles. Mm-hmm. And just whatever he could find. And Bible. He killed someone with a Bible once, too, didn't he? I think he probably did, yeah. Yeah. It was funny because um, I was reading this morning that Matthew Vaughn was getting a lot of shit for... There was a, there was a joke in the film where a female character offers herself to the protagonist, like, for saving the world, mm-hmm. which is that trope in spy movies, and that was what he was playing off of. Like, he was saying, like, yeah, it's it's the trope, and I was playing to the trope, because the whole movie is playing to tropes. And he was really, like, of all the offensive things in the film, that's what you're getting offended about. Yeah. Like, I literally filmed people getting massacred in a church. Mm-hmm. And you're offended about the one sex joke in there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, Americans have a huge hang-up about sex versus violence. Like, we're fine with violence. But show, like, one fucking nipple on the Super Bowl and the in- it's a national fucking tragedy. Well, I mean, if it's a Super Bowl, if you show one interracial couple, it's a national tragedy. Wow. What was it last year where they there were, there was an incident where... God, it was a beer company. I forgot what it was, but they had the American. No, well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the anthem. It was "Stage Skies for Amber Waves of Grain." Whatever that song's called, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, sung in a bunch of di- I can't remember what it's called. Sung by a bunch of different languages. Okay. And people were like, "No, I can't do that. That's not in the American language." It's not in the American language. Well, it's not. But <laughs> first of all. But it's. <laughs> Yeah, and, and there were a couple of people actually saying, like, can't sing the national anthem in something that's not America. Well, to a, one, it's not the national America, anthem. America the B, Beautiful is not the best national yeah, anthem. Yeah, exactly. And B, um, it's a fucking, like, America is literally a land, unless you're Native American, it's a land of immigrants. Well, so, even then, they came over from fucking Asia back when there was a strip of land connecting the two. No one's from America. I don't think anyone's from anywhere. People just into existence yeah they were just i mean if you're tony abbott the australian prime minister then uh what was this quote jesus knew that there was a place for everyone and that it's not necessarily their place to come to australia well no, that's true that's in the fucking bible dude <laughs> it's in the bible it says they're right it's, it's right under stone the case genesis 1 verses 7 don't people, go to fucking australia i can't even do an australian accent it's all people Scottish. do so ignore don't go to fucking australia that was bad. I don't know. I've been to Australia once. It was nice. Did you? Why were you in Australia? It was a martial arts, not competition, but it was kind of like a meetup thing. 
uh, martial arts meetup. Yeah. Where you all got together and had gay sex in a parking lot. Well, I was, I want to say probably eight at the time, so no. Well, that's very strange um, <clears throat> for an eight-year-old. But why were you going, what? What was the actual, it was a martial arts meetup. What does that mean? Yeah, like their sensei was friends with the sensei of the same style somewhere in Australia, so we took a trip. So it was nice. Like, it. I, I don't know what the reasoning was exactly, but it was nice. You don't know why it was nice, just that it was nice? No, I don't know the reason behind going there, but it was it was oh. a nice vacation. Did you get to meet a koala? I did. They're bloody terrifying. Have you ever seen them with the, had the extra thumb? It's mm, fucked up. I've never, like, been up close to one, but I, I, I've seen koalas. I've seen... I saw a platypus up close. Yeah. They're literally the most adorable creatures in the world. A platypus? Yeah. Have you... Have you I mean, people imagine that they're huge, right? That they're the size of the beavers? I would assume that they're like this. Yeah, they're like eight inches. Okay. They're like eight inches and like... I just said, I assume that they're like this on the fucking radio. Yeah. That's why I provide a visual cue. Thank you. You're welcome. How long have you been doing this? (laughs) Uh, Not long enough, apparently. Or too long. It all depends on where you stand. But but Kingsman, it's a a good film. Support it. It's entertaining. Mm -hmm. If you go see Fifty Shades, you deserve to be punched in the neck. What was the joke that they had a problem with? You were just talking about this, but I wasn't really listening to you because I don't really like you. Uh, the joke was there was a girl in the film and, uh... That is a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, well... Women in movies, that's like, ridiculous. Like, the main character says, like, if I save the world, will you give me a kiss? Oh, that, okay, the Swedish lady. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no. Well, in the tra- I, 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 I could understand... I could understand why people would have a problem, but if you get to that point in the movie... And you and haven't had fine, any problems with... Yeah. Then, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Um, <clears throat> I'm imagining someone like, all right, you know what? Killing Christians and church people, that, that was that was fine, but this I will not stand for. Well, the thing was, like, uh, they showed that joke in the trailer, but they made it, they, they cut it a little bit differently. Yeah. Where he's just like, uh, if I save the world, will you give me a kiss? She's like, if you save the world, I could do a lot more than that. And he's like, I'll be right back. Um, in, in, in the movie, it's an anal sex joke. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anal sex is horrifying to most of America. <laughs> oh, God, what was the joke? What was it? God's I... loophole or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forgot where I heard that. I heard that a long time ago somewhere. Um, God, where did I hear that? But no, actually, just... I heard it a long time ago. It's got to have been from a relative or something. I don't want to think about that. That joke... <laughs> oh, God! Well, that joke in the movie, I was it actually kind of felt, and I'm not saying too much because I, I get offended by things like that. I just say too much because it was less funny than it was in the trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so too. It was a little bit too crass, I suppose. Or it just kind of, I don't know. I don't fucking it, care. Kingsman is it was a movie fine. I would, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that the <clears throat> movie has an abundance of tact. No. So. No. Um, the, the fight choreography was amazing. It was. Um, I. God, I forgot what it was, but I think people who did the fight choreography from the Raid Redemption uh-huh. also had some involvement in some capacity with the fight choreography in that film, Right. which is awesome, and I really hope that every action film ever from now on incorporates those same choreographers, because they're doing it in Star Wars, Are too. They? Yeah, the fight choreography oh, right. from I the Raid yeah. are fight choreographers for Star Wars, which, if you have not seen the Raid Redemption, uh, it's a foreign language film, best martial arts movie that you will see... 
probably ever. Even better than Spy Kids 2? Even better than Spy Kids 2. Even better than Bloodsport. Even better than Jean-Claude Van Damme against a green screen. Yeah. Have you seen those? Jean-Claude Van Damme against a green screen? Yeah, have you seen that? No. Like, he literally just released, I'd say, 50 videos of him doing different actions against the green screen, so you can just shove them into your YouTube videos. That's That was very nice of him. It was. It's pretty funny. Are they all royalty-free? You could just use that? I think so. Wonderful. Wonderful. This podcast brought to you by Jean-Claude Van Damme. By JCVD. Um, <clears throat> so, Kingsman, man, go check it out. Yeah, Somebody yeah. needs to go fucking check it out. It so, needs more love. We were in the theater, and there were about eight other people there. Yeah, well, granted, we went at, like, what did we go on a Tuesday during the afternoon? But it's still New York City. That's no one true. Here has a job. I remember going to watch The Avengers... Literally five months after it had been released, at I think it was like a Thursday showing at four p.m. and the theater was packed. Yes. So I can only imagine what Titanic was like if it still didn't break that. But, but yeah, Aquaman, Kingsman. I saw Titanic in theaters. That's a true story. Really? Yeah. Did you know that I film was, like was actually. Six. Did you know that film was actually originally branded as an action adventure film? Yeah, yeah. And then rebranded after production delays as a romance film. It makes more sense as a romance film than it does as an action adventure film, but that's neither here nor there. Because the original um, posters for Titanic were pretty badass. Like, if you look it up, it has well, like... Well, it was going to be a fucking James Cameron film, and up until that point, he'd never done anything like Titanic. He'd exactly. always done, like, cheap action movies. Yeah, and now he just did a cheap romance movie that just happened to have a really large super budget. Super cheap romance movie. Then he went on to make a super cheap romance action movie that made all of the money in the fucking world yeah, no shit. about tall Smurfs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he basically made a remake of Dances with Wolves, Pocahontas, Fern Gully, and shoved in blue people with tail sex. But I digress. Um, no, but if you. Not just tail sex ponytail sex <laughs> but if you look up the original posters for titanic it's this really awesome concept art that like has a wrecked hull of the titanic and it's this clash against destiny uh-huh. something like that yeah and then if you look at the posters like three months before the release of the film it has like that one stereotypical one with leo and i forget the actress's name uh at the pier and it says nothing in the world could keep them apart yeah except an iceberg um or <laughs> hypothermia yeah or a or door. Stupid fat bitch not getting off the goddamn door. There was plenty of room. Somebody did a scientific breakdown on that, like the buoyancy of what the door would have been in the water, and like if it could have supported two people, and it totally could have. Yeah, it, yeah it's. Uh, I think maybe he just wanted to die. I think so too. I think he 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 didn't want to. He he had a fear of commitment, most likely. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you know, if I survive this, it's gonna be like this whole tragedy, and we're gonna have to be with each other. It's gonna be this whole thing. It's and gonna be I this whole wanna, thing, and you know, I don't tie myself down. I'd rather just die. I'd rather just in this give it all up here. Water. If I die here, I move on to bigger and better things like Blood Diamond and Departed, and eventually I wind down to do shit like Great Gatsby. Although I have to imagine, if there was going to be a way that I was going to kill myself, um, it would not be through hypothermia. I just walked here from the Upper West Side. I didn't walk here from the Upper West Side. I walked from my apartment to the subway, and then from the subway (laughs) to here. However, It's like like a mile (laughs) difference versus... 50 yards. Yeah. It's a big difference, Tyler. It's two blocks versus, like, a hundred and some odd blocks, but... 
It's it's really cold in New York City right now. It is really cold. Like I almost fucking ate shit like three times <laughs> just on the sidewalk, walking at a normal pace because my shoes suck and I fucking hate them. But I yeah I I I would not. My feet are a little bit cold and I'm superbly uncomfortable because of it. I would not kill myself in frozen ocean water. It's currently tw- it's currently twenty nine degrees. It's That's not, not that bad cold. at all. Yesterday it was just two the snow. degrees. It was yeah. Yesterday was fucked. No, it's snowing like crazy outside. It is hashtag snowmageddon twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really pretty. I was down in Brooklyn for a while when it started snowing, and uh, me and two of my fellow compatriots we walked outside for. a Glad while. you didn't call them your friends because you don't have any fucking friends. I uh, see. I knew you're gonna do that. That's why I avoided it. Okay. Uh, we and we walked outside for two hours and played in the snow, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you I played in the snow for two hours? And I specifically... Yeah, and I forgot my gloves, so that was fun. What are you, some kind of fucking teenager? Exactly. And my specific thoughts was, wow, Tyler would hate this. I mean, there's happiness in the air. Mm. Like, we're having fun. And he, he would have he would have had none of it. You're absolutely correct. I would have had none of it. He would have been like, what are those? Are those sleeves? That's not a sleeve. It's not a fucking sleeve. Yeah, that picture's really desaturated. What? That picture is really desaturated. It's like gray tone. All of his, which I, all uh, of Zack Snyder's cinematography is very desaturated and gray toned. Yeah. But I, I'm hoping that that costume has color in it, mm-hmm. um, and that it does actually have gold and green to contrast each other, and it's not gray, because I can totally picture him making it gray, and that would piss me off. It'd be really funny, actually. I don't think there's gonna be. Well, it'd be really funny actually if the Batman suit, because. Everyone saw the Batman suit and immediately assumed that it was gray because you know, you know it's a Batman suit. It's gray, and it, it, although it, it's never been gray before on film, not once. Not yeah, once. yeah, but it, it'd be really funny if, if it shows up on camera and it's like the '60s Batman where it's like light cyan, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got like a little poorly drawn bat, and it's not even like at the center of his chest. It's kind of up here a little bit, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like up towards his collarbone, which it was. There's gold in it. His sleeve is gold. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I see gray. Lots and lots of gray. That's because you need to stop fucking squinting. Well, I would if I could, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a racial would thing. that I could, but I can't. So, Jason Momoa, basically he looks like Khal Drogo in this picture. He's Khal Drogo that his hair is a little bit longer and he has a little less eye makeup. His hair's not longer, it's just down. No. Oh. Because the Khal... <clears throat> Within the Game of Thrones mythology, the Dothraki warriors, every time they lose a battle, they have to cut their hair. Um, and, and, and obviously, Aquaman's won more battles than Khal Drogo because Aquaman can summon sharks. Well, Khal Drogo was interesting because his hair had never been cut, not even once. So, so he's basically Rapunzel. Take what you will. He had very long hair in that. Less long hair in this, but it's down in his face and it's all messy. Yeah, you know, I have not... There's a lot of gold in this costume. What the fuck is the matter with you? It's all fucking gray. All of the fucking metal part is gold. And we don't really see his pants. It kind of looks like he's just wearing trendy jeans, from what we can see. Like, he's just... <laughs> right. it's, oh, we spent all the production value budget on the chain mail, so... We, uh, it's like he literally Aquaman... So we're walked, going to Old Navy for the rest of the crew. Aquaman literally walked into an Urban Outfitters and bought a pair of jeans to go with his crazy fucking tattoos but but yeah i mean i've are you familiar with the character of aquaman because i'm not uh, a little bit i know i know 
he's like half Atlantean and half human, and that causes friction or something, right? Thought he was 100% Atlantean. Was he? I don't yeah. fucking know at this point. He's the king of the seven seas, bro. Are you sure he's not the king of the blazing sevens? He's the king of something or another. Um, he's the king of seven something. Yeah. Or actually, we don't even seven, know that. It says United. Seven. Yeah, Unite the Seven. I think it's the seven founding members of the Justice League. What if League. he's actually in Hawaii and it's Unite the Seven Islands? Are there seven islands in Hawaii? I think so. I should probably know this. I thought it was like a whole bunch. I thought it was thousands. I thought it was millions of islands. Literally millions of islands. How many? I should really know this. I'm embarrassed now that I don't. I'm embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for you so often. All right, there are seven. All right, I got that right. I got got that right. (laughs) Good. Which one's Jason Momoa from? Uh, I don't know. All of them? Jason Momoa, have you seen him? Jason Momoa is like the Obelisk the Tormentor Yu-Gi-Oh card thing. He he came in like six different parts and you had to assemble him. You had to unite them. You had to to unite the seven. So, who have they announced so far that's going to be in this Justice League movie? Okay, let's count them. Superman, Uh, Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Superman, Batman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Aquaman. Aquaman. Cyborg. Cyborg. The Flash. The Flash, right? Um, and... Green Lantern? Because I know we're getting a standalone film. Is he going to be in Justice League? Probably. Oh, he's born from Honolulu, Hawaii. Now, the original founding members of the Justice League, not to be confused with the Justice Society, which went back further, was Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, um, Aquaman, I want to say The Flash, and definitely Martian Manhunter. Oh, but I we're not going to Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter is not going to be in this. I think they're just going to replace him with Cyborg. Mm. Which is... Martian Manhunter was always an interesting character to me. It is, but I I would struggle to see how he would play in in this universe. Although, why? Because you already have this guy that lives in fucking Atlantis, which is some, for some reason, in Polynesia now, um, (laughs) uh, being in this, this thus far somewhat grounded universe, but I don't know. I could see I could see transitioning Cyborg into the story as being a lot easier than transitioning Martian Manhunter because then you have to be like, well, I mean, they're already fucking aliens. Superman's a goddamn alien. Yeah, Cyborg is made by Star Labs, is he not? Yes. See, it's really infuriating that they they're not choosing to cross over their TV shows and their films because the Flash is such a. I'm not gonna say it's. A great show. It's a mar- it's a magnificently done show for what they're trying to accomplish, and it's I feel a like very good show for the CW. Yeah, it's a oh, it's a really good show for the CW. Um, but it's it's the perfect show for what the character of the Flash is and what he represents. Mm-hmm. And they have that they have the whole Star Labs thing set up absolutely perfectly in that series, and yet they choose to build it from the ground up. Yeah, it's like I just uh, I don't know, man. I, I just think it's weird because now you're getting character overlap. But before, I like if they didn't want to put Arrow in the in the movies, but you're gonna have two people playing the Flash now, and that's just weird. I Especially think they might actually other- have Green Arrow in the Justice League movie. Really? I think so. I know there are casting rumors going around. They were casting someone as Green Arrow. Well, that's stupid. Yeah, and you're gonna have a lot of pissed off Arrow fans, and considering Arrow is probably the most successful TV show on the CW since Supernatural, that entire cult following will be really pissed off. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be pissed off enough to boycott the film, but if so, 
that is a severe chunk of your audience. I just, I don't, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't really foresee much boycotting except for the very, very, very extreme Fanly fanboys. But, um, I just, I just... And fangirls. I think there's a larger female demographic that watches Arrow than males. At least in my fucking experience. dick, Michael Holler. You don't know nothing about girls. And you do? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um... I live with two of them. It's just a mystery. Yeah, it's, it's beyond me how that even works. How does that even function? I don't know. It doesn't. Have you been arrested yet for being a pedophile? Have you bought blinds yet? No, actually, I haven't bought blinds. Uh, so you just, you're naked in front of school children every day? I'm not naked. You're partially naked in front of school children every day. I'm really partially naked. And I, so A, I'm not in front of school children every day. You make it seem like I'm like fucking living in elementary school. Well, you do. It's a private playground. I've literally never seen anybody on it, actually, except for like drug dealers at night. Um, and plus, it's snowing really hard right now. Are so. these drug dealers dealing pixie sticks? They might be. Are they I paying each ask. other in milk money? They're paying each other in fucking fellatio is what they're paying each other in, I'm assuming. It's like two grown men on a playground at 3 o'clock in the morning is never a recipe for good things. And there's Tyler Pino watching. Watching. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it down. I'm trying to watch Pulp Fiction and go to sleep. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> See, he says that, but he really, what he really means to say is keep it down. I'm trying to masturbate. No, then in that case, turn it up. What do you think? <laughs> but, but yeah. What are you looking up? This movie lineup. I don't see anything about Martian Manhunter. No. I also don't see anything about oh, Justice Green League. Oh, Green Arrow. That's what we were looking at. I didn't see anything about Green Arrow. And I, don't so, I also don't see anything about Justice League Dark. Which uh, will... No, yeah. but I think that might be like a separate thing. Please, please just let it happen. Well, yeah. And the, well, at this point, with Constantine and its fate being pretty much sealed... Oh, God. Don't say that. Please don't say that. Um... It just finished. Did it? Last week. Yeah, we saw the season yeah, finale. Um, what did you think of it? I Waiting enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I think that so far it's probably been one of my favorite episodes, if not my favorite episode right on the head, because I like the idea of Satanists. I like Satanists. You are a Satanist. Mm, yeah, more or less. But uh, no, it was, it was an episode that was taken from a Hellblazer story. I think one of the first Hellblazer stories actually was really good. That was actually the issue where Constantine met Zed for the first time. Really? If I remember correctly. But um, but no, it was this whole plot where uh, John Constantine's dealing with the Satanists and the Satanists is kidnapping little girls and quote-unquote marrying them and what he's really doing is sacrificing them to hell. And uh, in the comics, and this is what I really hope is what they're doing in the show, in the comics it plays into this whole ploy of a story arc called the Damnation Army. And this is when Hell was basically gathering their forces. And Heaven was doing so with the same side with their... I can't remember what they were called. But Zed was the leader of their, their side. Wait, and what was... Seen the th it's a... What? What? what the, you can't think of what name? The name for the... Whatever the good side of that battle was. Well, I say, Heavenly Host? Good. No, it was the Crusaders or something. No, oh, that's stupid. They should have just called it the Heavenly Host because that's what it's fucking called. But, um... But, no, and Zed was there. They called her the Mary, and she was supposed to bring about the birth of the new Christ. Lame. And we've seen glimpses of that in the series throughout it so far that 
Zed's running away from her father, and we don't necessarily know why, unless you read the comics. And um, people are trying to kidnap her and things like that. And it it plays into this whole bigger storyline, which I do hope they get a chance to develop, because it is a fantastic story. Um, A little ballsy for TV if they stick it with it that way, but I have faith in Constantine. If it continues to push that envelope of what is acceptable on TV, like AMC did with Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead. Do you know who wrote it? That episode, particularly? Not that episode, but that storyline. Uh... Yeah, I think he was he's he's the person who originally created the Hellblazer comic, not John Constantine the character that was Alan Moore, but who started the Hellblazer comics. And I was going to say because it doesn't sound Alan Moore would have been more accurate in his mythology. Yeah. Um but, but no, it was a very good episode. It was a very well shot episode. It was very well acted and well and lit it, and it was suspenseful and it was everything that it should be. I think that the if the and I do hope that it gets to continue to have that chance. I think if the show had been that from day one, it would have worked out a lot better. Because I think this was it, where it completely and utterly found its footing and was exactly what it should be as yep. a show. Um, it stumbled the first two, three episodes. I mean, and it, they, it, they didn't stumble in entire episodes. There were little hiccups, but... yeah. Um, that, that goes to say, goes without saying with any television show, it takes a little bit of a time to get into the swing of things. It took Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. literally almost of their entire first season. Yeah. It's... Um, but the show is great now, so I mean. But it's like, if you think of other television shows like, and look, go back and like, look at the first season, almost inevitably you'll find that it's not the same show that it will eventually be. Oh, no, no, Look at the not. first season of Futurama. Look, look at, at the, the first, first season, season of Breaking Bad. Look it's at the first season show. Yeah, of fucking X-Files or um, even things like Family Guy. Go look at the first two seasons of The Simpsons, which um, really didn't find its footing until season three. But South Park? South Park, That yeah, show lost absolutely. its footing at around well, season three. That Well, that show has been like four distinctly different shows over the years but. yeah but um but no it's it was a really great episode i really really hope this show gets picked up or continued the the rumors i think that we reported on last time was that it was looked to be taken up by the sci-fi channel which is a subsidiary of nbc studios and then we and came to find later on that, that that's just that complete, was complete bullshit. bullshit yeah it, originally the report was that sci-fi was looking for a show that would be very serialized and have a very dark tone that they could turn into something like breaking bad or the walking dead and they were looking at Constantine, and they were going to retitle the show Hellblazer, and the show is going to take on an, inevitab- an inevitably darker nature, mm-hmm. which would be perfect, and I would really love that. And sci-fi has pretty substantial budgets for their TV series. I mean, just look at Battlestar Galactica, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'd be perfect. It would be the perfect coupling for a studio and a TV series, would've and it would get me to watch the sci-fi channel. It would have been a hell of a lot fucking better than the fucking Legion thing. It's like, what is that Dominion? even called? Dominion, yeah. It well, looked fucking, it looked terrible. It's based on Legion, which was a movie that it was, dog was shit. met with universal fucking hatred by everyone. And so... I don't even think dogs liked it. Like, it, I think I put it on one day, it was on TV, and my dog started crying. Yeah. It was hated. It was hated by everyone and everything. Basically. Um that's what caused my tor- that's what caused my torsion. I was just thinking about that movie <laughs> and oh, it was like my ball. I was just Gabriel. <laughs> you fuck. 
So you hope he's thinking about that movie. Strike him down. I think that's really interesting, probably to no one but me, that anytime they do like a big War in Heaven type movie, A, there's always rules that they have to abide by so as not to offend people. But B, like, it can never be God versus Satan for some reason. And I don't know why you know, that would offend proxies. people. Yeah. Well, it... Uh, you could well, you could do movies like Left Behind, where it's literally just like pseudo religious garbage, or um, oh God, have you, you seen that Nick Cage version? No, I really oh want to see the Nick Cage. version. I hear it's though. literally the worst piece of shit th- theaters. Yeah, ever. It just oh God, that tickles me in such the right way. Nick Cage doing a fucking Left Behind because like they, that's a long running series of films in like the evangelical community, starring Kurt Cameron from um, fucking Growing Pains. Uh, but they're like shot on a shoestring budget. They're maybe a couple million dollars per film. But this was like a big Hollywood adaptation of that, and it's starring Nicholas fucking Cage, and I think that's wonderful. However, you have movies like um, The Prophecy, which will take... It'll be a War in Heaven movie, but it's angels versus angels, and Satan is in that, and it's Viggo Mortensen playing Satan in that movie, and it was fucking awesome. Like, that's one of probably one of my favorite depictions of the devil on camera. More so than the actor who played Lucifer in the Constantine film. It's very close. It's very close. But this, because with that, it, I don't know, it was a little bit wishy-washy in, like, who the fuck is this? Mm, that's true. It wasn't clearly defined. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it's supposed to be Lucifer, like the real Lucifer. Yeah, but... But in the, the comics, fallen. he's the first of the fallen, yeah. which is two completely different characters. Um, but it's always seems to be that Gabriel is the, is the angel that turns, and I don't know why. Probably because people associate him with being the angel of death, which he is not. Um, he does blow the horn during the apocalypse, and that's where I think a lot of people would get that but the angel of death is Azrael from batman you know i remember after legion came out there was a film that came out the following year because legion was i know it was two, legion was 2008 yeah yeah no, it was like no it was 2009 it was 2009 because it was released the same year as transformers revenge of the fallen as well as district nine uh the following lot of nines two years i'd say maybe 2011 there was a film released called priest it was the same writer the same director and the same lead actor, and it was fucking even worse. <laughs> was it based in the same? It was no, no. Story? It was it was a uh, it was actually an adaptation of a Japanese manga, which I hear is really good. Uh, it's like this dystopian, almost cyberpunk, cyberpunk Blade Runner esque future, where vampires exist and the people that fight him are these badass people trained from birth to be priests and they're basically like vampire hunters yeah i do want to say that i have a vague awareness of this movie and the movie was utter shit like it was shit and carl urban was in it and he was the best part of that movie because carl urban is awesome um but you get to realize by the end of that film that it's not that carl urban is just this immense badass that he normally is it's just that everyone else sucked so terribly awfully that you're just grasping for straws by half by the halfway point Mm -hmm. um no but that movie is fucking bad but constantine is not bad constantine is really good and um Mm -hmm. now that it's now that it was confirmed that it moving over the sci-fi network was never actually a thing that was in talks ever it was never even in negotiations no it was never brought up hopefully we can bring it to the attention of sci-fi and maybe it'll work I hear there's speculation that it could go over to Chiller. 
the fuck is that? That's what, that's what I said. Apparently, it's an NBC property. It's a channel that <laughs> plays classic horror films and really, really, really grade, like, D horror movies. And they said that if they did move it over to that network, that network gets such a low production value for their things that it would decrease the production budget of Constantine by something like three quarters. Right. Um, well, that would be unfortunate, but it would at least be. It would the, still one of the things, on. yeah, because one of the things about Constantine is it's so beautiful in its production that it rivals that of most films. I would say. Well, here's the thing. It's like you don't even really need a, a huge budget to shoot something that looks good. Um, yeah. The special effects and things that they use. Uh, yeah. That could suffer, but I, I can do honestly, that. like, they don't even get all that in depth. The I, I I think the biggest special effects spectacle that we've seen so far that was done in CGI is fucking uh, Manny flying away at the end. Oh, uh, waiting for the man. Yeah, which yeah. looked really fucking cool, and it's the first time that we've seen him fly, or you know, well, that's no, not the first time we've seen him with wings, but yeah, and. The story, like, of Hellblazer is so incredibly grounded. I mean, you do have things like the Menemoth story, where, you know, you have the, like, the flying roaches things, which did, which was fantastic and it looked all right on screen, but it's, I mean, it's not a really special effects-heavy no, series. Like, all. it wouldn't really it call for that. Be, yeah. So if you keep the same DP, if you keep the same, like, everything if you see if you keep the same production crew but reduce the amount of special effects i think that 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 might not only work but that would add to the show it would force them to yeah focus on the story which they've been doing even still and it's yeah it's really shown um i really hope it survives please but i would much rather have like a very low budget uh very story driven Constantine than like a very a special effects laden one. Because um, then it just becomes a new 52 version of Constantine which is just, just sterile. Which is just you know, kind dumb. of it takes all the grit out off. of it. It, and, it takes all the heart out of it is my problem with it. Because John Constantine in Hellblazer and I mean you've are you more familiar with Hellblazer or with Constantine? Um I... Probably Hellblazer. Probably Hellblazer? Yeah, I've read a bunch of the earlier crap, but... Because Hellblazer, like, John Constantine was just... is such, like, a damaged... He was an asshole, but he was so damaged, and you could really see that it was that emotional depravity that drove him to do what he did. And in uh, the New 52 version of Constantine, it not being a DC Vertigo property, it just... It, it takes that heart away from it, and it just turns Constantine into... Not this damaged person, but just a douchebag, like an unsubstantiated douchebag. And it's the kind of thing where Hellblazer Constantine would really hate New 52 Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I actually hear they're rebooting the New 52. What? Yeah, there was a press release recently where there's going to be a new version of the DC Universe released soon. Okay. Yeah. Why? So the D. So They're rebooting the DC reboot. Yeah. So like three years after. After yeah, it's basically Spider Man. Um, but yeah, and this one's gonna be called the Amazing New. 52. It's called the it's the Amazing DC. Um, but no, so DC New Fifty Two. I don't know if they're still gonna continue New Fifty Two, but it will be antiquated. I. 
Maybe they're calling it the new 104 or something. This is why I don't really read comic books terribly often anymore. I'm just like, I can't. I can't, man. I can't keep up with it all. But Constantine is good. I really do hope it survives. Matt Ryan, you're not listening, but you are phenomenal. He was in New York this week. He was. He made a tweet like he's coming to New York after being in L.A. and it's New York's really fucking cold, cold man. Yeah, he's getting out of here. But, but yeah, he's the perfect John Constantine. And if this show does not continue, which I really, really hope that it does, I hope that at least we'll see him revive his John Constantine character in Guillermo del Toro's Justice League Dark. Because mm-hmm. we need more. Of, like, we, we found the perfect John Constantine at this point. Yeah. Kind of bums me out that it looks like they're doing that first Justice League Dark storyline in Suicide Squad and not in Justice League Dark. However, I mean, you don't know. But, I mean, it could be. I mean, you could. It could be completely detached. Well, the thing is, it's more or less. It's it's got to be that because they have Enchantress listed, and then they also have um, her alias, which escapes me right now, who was this this fictitious person that she creates in her mind after she's gone crazy. Um, she's listed on the the mm-hmm. Suicide Squad thing too. Which, speaking of Suicide Squad, another little bit of news: Jared Leto has said that for some reason he's putting on weight to play the Joker. Now, the knee jerk thing that I hear from everybody is like, "Oh, well, he just needs to put on weight after uh, Dallas Buyers Club because he was so skinny." I'm like. They shot that like three years ago. (laughs) There's no way that he's still walking around like an AIDS victim right now. We've seen him since. He's back to normal. Um, And my question is, why? why? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the Joker is a very tall, skinny, lanky dude. Like, he looks like a homicide... Like, he looks like what you would imagine a homicidal clown would look like. I mean, there have been different depictions of him over time. Um, Maybe. Somewhere he's a little bit more muscular, but those tend to be awful. Like, (laughs) in Frank Miller's... Uh, fucking uh, Dark Knight thing. The fucking God. The I'm the goddamn Batman one. Dark Knight Returns. No, that's 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 the good one. Dark Knight again. It's called Dark Knight Dark again. again. Um, no, All Star Batman. All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Oh yeah, I did called. not read that. Um, Joker's in it for like a second. Maybe but. since they're taking what I imagine and what I hope and what I pray they're doing is taking a lot of cues from Batman the animated series Joker. Mm-hmm. And maybe what they're doing is maybe they're trying to physically embody the animated series Joker look. So he's going to have like the really, really teeny waist and the really <laughs> big chest. Well, what I'm thinking is, well, most of this story t- seems that it's seems like it's coming from Dark Knight Returns. And in that Joker, uh, he's a little bit bulkier looking, but that's just because Frank Miller, his, his his artistic style, his characters tend to be very wide and boxy. That's why um, Batman's jaw looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. in his prime in The Dark Knight Returns. But it's like... I, I really enjoyed that style of artwork. Dark Knight Returns was fantastic, but mm-hmm. something about Superman and Batman just having jaws the size of New Hampshire just threw me off. I, I don't really like his art style. I don't hate it like some people do. I I would prefer someone else do it though. That's why like I really love Batman Year One because he didn't draw it, he just wrote it, and I thought it was a very good story and very good art style. And then Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder had Jim Lee drawing it. So you had like the best fucking artist working in comics and in, in mainstream comics just drawing this dog shit. 
just the worst <laughs> fucking story that's ever been written. It's so, so goddamn terrible. Oh, Green Lantern. Um, Do you think that the reason why that's pushed back so far, like it's what, 2020 is supposed to be come out? Green Lantern? Yeah. You think that they just pushed it back? Because they need to give people time. Yeah, they need to give people time. People need to grieve. Yeah. People need to move on. Um, people need to forget. <laughs> Actually, know. you know what I would really love? And no matter how shitty the film is, I would totally give it my money if this was the case. What? If they literally... If the character they were going for is Jon Stewart. They are. The Green Lantern. I think that's more or less been confirmed. they casted Jon Stewart. And they just cast Jon Stewart. And that's, that's why, why he had to leave the Daily Show. Yeah, that's why. Because he's going to be the Green Lantern. <laughs> he retired to play Green Lantern. The part that he was born to play. I would totally watch the fucking shit out of that. I would watch that movie no matter how bad it is. I would watch it's it. It's like, yeah, DC just fucking checkmated Marvel in the cinematic universe forever <laughs> based on this. He's yeah, acted, take that steal. He's acted before. He was in the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. He's also in the movie The Faculty. With your mom. Have you ever have you ever seen that movie? I have, but like ages ago. Yeah, it was like years ago. But have you ever listened to whenever he's announced anywhere on stage anywhere if you listen to his credits his credits not you know he's the host of the daily show and he's been in the big movie big daddy he's like he starred in the 1998 film the faculty that's kind here's awesome. john stewart <laughs> and it just fucking throws me off every time it happens because i'm like what like what? i literally don't what? even <laughs> I, I don't even remember him being in that movie <laughs> Oh, God. What did he play? I think he was one of the faculty. He's a member of the faculty. I remember it was a weird fucked up movie where it was like a, it was like an alien movie and there was worms yeah. involved. I remember the opening scene is a, like a high school quarterback and a cheerleader in um, a car at like Lover's Lane. And they're talking about how they can't have sex because the coach said he needed to save his fluids. And I remember that informing the rest of my life, being like, wait, that that's a thing that happens? If you what? If you ejaculate the night before, like, you have to do something physical, you can't do it? Like, what? <laughs> and that's essentially... And that's since a, then, Tyler Pino has never touched his genitals. I have not. I, I've... As, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've, I, I can he remember... He doesn't even know where it is anymore. Well, I can't... I, like, I can remember nothing of that movie or what it's about other than that one particular scene however i could think of how that scene plays out in my head perfectly like fucking 15 years later probably even more than that it's like post-traumatic stress syndrome yeah <laughs> oh god but but yeah constantine please hashtag share save constantine Mm -hmm. I don't so, know if it's going to do any good at this point, but please, please, please just stay around. Maybe he's getting, maybe Jared Leto's getting really fat like he did in the Mark David Chapman movie. Which film was that? Uh, the one about Mark David Chapman, where he played Mark David Chapman. Right. It's a guy who killed John Lennon. John Lennon was from this band called The Beatles. Yeah. Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. I'm too young for that. No, I know who The Beatles are. Um, but no, I don't think I've seen that film, actually. But my teacher was in that film. Was he? Yeah. He played the security guard outside of the Dakota when uh, Mark David Chapman comes up and he's like, John Lennon lives here. And he's all fat and shit. It's Jared Leto. But, uh, huh. Yeah. We watched that clip on his demo reel and I was like, so basically what you're telling us is you're responsible for the death of fucking John Lennon. <laughs> you bitch. And how was his response? He was like, yeah, yeah, that was me. 
But and apparently he's like a huge, huge, huge fan of the Beatles. So all of his friends gave him shit after that. Movie. <laughs> but I don't know. It's pretty awesome. He got to work with the Joker, dude. Oh, speaking of the Joker, it was announced that the Joker is going to be on Gotham. He already was. Was he? How was that? More or less. Well, here's the thing. Um, it's the kid from Divergent playing what was quite literally, and he wasn't bad at all. I, I, I thought that all things considered, he, he, he gave a really, really good little performance in this show. Um, but because he's not, he doesn't have the benefit of actually being the Joker yet, they were just like, okay, we need you to do Heath Ledger impression and mix it with a little bit of Jack Nicholson, but that's all he was doing um, when he went crazy. The story in the most recent episode of Gotham, which was called The Blind Fortune Teller, uh, I have another friend that's in that. Uh, played John Grayson, the father of Dick Grayson. Which is awesome. How did they handle it? It was pretty good. Um, I thought, I, I was hoping that his storyline was going to be a lot more involved, but it was fucking Gotham, and they have to tell 12 different stories at once. Um, but <laughs> The one time you're interested in a story and want to see it develop, they show the other 11. Yeah, right. But uh, all of the circus stuff was handled very well, and I, I thought it was really good. I thought Rob was great in it. Um, I thought the kid that plays the Joker person uh, was great in it, too. But the the idea was that Haley Circus comes to town, and, like, the circus members are all in this, like, pseudo, like, civil war with each other. Because, like, the circus freaks don't like the Flying Graysons, and the Flying Graysons don't like the circus freaks, and everybody's fighting. Watch your shit, Marvel. Mm -hmm. DC's bringing a civil war. <laughs> and, uh... It's gonna be fucking epic. So, Commissioner Gordon, who is now involved with... I mean, Detective Gordon. Oh, yeah, well, Lieutenant Gordon, uh, or whatever. Lieutenant Off Mustache. Officer Gordon is uh, you know, romantically I'm involved with Leslie Tompkins. I was trying to imagine Ben McKenzie with, like... With a mustache? With the mustache, and I weird. fucking couldn't do it. No. That's one thing that's never bothered me. I was like, he looks fine. I don't care. Yeah, he, he, lo he looks like a fine cop character. You know who he looks like exactly? Who? Detective Driver from Gotham Central. Yeah, yeah. I and, can see that. Yeah, and he was the main character for, I think, book one mm -hmm. of Gotham Central. And he kind of faded into obscurity as the series progressed and came back into more relevance later on. But, um, no, Detective Driver, which I can only ever imagine Ben McKenzie being casted in that show, is they signed his contract to be in the show, and they're going to do Gotham Central. Uh -huh. They cast him as Detective Driver. And they're like, all right, you're going to be like this stout. You're basically going to be the character that you're playing now. Right. Um, but, no, it has to be an origin story now, so we're going to retitle your character as... Uh, James Gordon, even though you look nothing or do nothing like James Gordon in the slightest, you're just going to be Detective Driver without the must... You're just well, it's be like, that, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fine with the idea of them doing something different with Gordon. I really don't care about that. Because um, we don't know really anything about Gordon before he was in Gotham. He Unless was in Chicago. Yeah, he was from Chicago. Um, which is a real city. I don't know if you know this. Is uh, it? It exists. I don't think it's real. Um, Gotham does not. There's another name for New York, but, you know. Well, New York also exists in the DC Comics. It does. Which it's is like, where the, where the fuck Where's Metropolis? Is all of where's this Gotham? Where's Bloodhaven? Bloodhaven is supposed to be New Jersey. Um, Metropolis and Gotham are both New York. I think Gotham is like... I, Metropolis would be... 
like the village and uh, downtown, and Gotham would be like the Upper East Side. Yeah, um, Denny O'Neill put it well. I think it was Denny O'Neill. I could be wrong. Um, when he said that G- Batman's Gotham is anything below uh, Central Park and Midtown on like the coldest night of winter. Metropolis is downtown in the financial district on a sunny day when everything's going well. So, there you go. Yeah. Which is a perfect description, really. Mm-hmm. Bloodhaven's just New Jersey. <laughs> Bloodhaven's not, New Jersey. Not even a fictionalized version. That's just New Jersey. <laughs> it's just New Jersey. It's really that bad. Um, <laughs> uh, what were we even talking about? You know, I find it really funny, because if you think a lot of about like Batman villains... It could be just Florida villains. What if, what if Gotham City was actually just Florida? It's not. Florida doesn't look nothing like Gotham. It doesn't, but the people there are pretty synonymous pretty with Batman villains. Yeah. Well, yeah. So how how has your opinion of the show changed, or has it changed? Um, I can't say because I've only watched one episode. Uh, this episode was actually good. It was pretty compelling. Everything but the Fish Mooney stuff. Um, she's they, still alive. Yeah, she's Fuck. In, she's like incarcerated in this underground prison, which I have no idea what the hell is going on in that storyline. So, what episode was that of the show? Because I think I stopped watching it like episode seven or eight. This is like episode nineteen or twenty, I think. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, it's like a twenty-three season arc or twenty-three episode season. That's fucking fantastic. So, would you recommend binge watching Gotham? I mean, I can't because I haven't done that. I would say if you want to check out Blind Fortune Teller, absolutely do it. It was a very good episode of this show, which doesn't have the greatest track record in my opinion. But um, if you're looking for a starting point, you'll be a little bit confused because A, all of these characters don't exist. And B, but if you're a comic book fan and you're not already watching Gotham, then this would be a cool look into that universe for you because there's a lot of little easter eggs um and just seeing Haley circus was cool and having it come to town the flying grayson's costumes look exactly like the flying grayson costumes from uh the more recent comics hmm. and uh um um yeah no it was really cool but uh the kid who plays the joker uh his storyline is that his mother is a performer in the circus and she's like a harlot, and she sleeps around with everybody, and he eventually, uh, well, I won't spoil it, but she gets, uh, kind of just did. She gets killed. Um, and uh, so Gordon comes to investigate all of that, and they're talking to him, and he seems like this normal but off kind of kid that maybe this is what people raised in the circus act like. But then the big spoiler, spoiler, spoiler of the episode was that he killed his own mother. And that's when they find it out. It clicks. Oh, you know who else was in it? Fucking Hector Salamanca um, from Breaking Bad. And really? also Constantine. Yeah, he played the blind fortune teller of the episode. Huh. The episode's name. He's been showing up just in comic books everywhere. All over the place, man. Um, was he better in Constantine? He almost played the same character. It was weird. Like, <laughs> he literally did play the same character. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so much for not crossing universes, you fuck. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's a DC multiverse. But when they confront him and they find out that Hector Salamanca is actually his father, who he'd been lying before and trying to protect the kid, he his demeanor changes, and then it's just like boom. Yes. 
it was me the whole time. And he literally has like this Heath Ledger-esque kind of like timber to his voice where he doesn't do the whole kind of thing. He actually has more of a Jack Nicholson persona with a Heath Ledger voice. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't fault him for that with being so... Heavily inspired by the role? Because I it had to have been a director's choice when they're like... With the amount of people that watch Gotham, whose only experience with the character is either Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger, we need to find a way to hammer home that this is the Joker. Yeah, because the people that watch Gotham, there's no way in hell that they actually read comics or right. know of Batman the Animated <laughs> Series. Because yeah. if so, they wouldn't be watching Gotham. He, he, yeah, he'd be speaking with a weird American stage standard accent, and they'd be like, what? Who talks like that? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I killed my mother. <laughs> That would be him, and then you're like, why does why would a twenty year old kid talk like that if he's from New Jersey? Um, Have you met many people from New Jersey? No. I <laughs> could be. We don't know. Uh, but yeah, Blind Fortune Teller, check it out if you're interested in Gotham. I thought it was a very good episode. I thought it was very well done. Um, I don't think that this kid is the Joker. I think that I remember we talked about this ages ago. Where the Gotham showrunner had said they're going to introduce at least one character per season that could may or may not be the Joker. They did, but then they also later said that they will show the Joker by the end of the season. Okay, so then I guess they just did. And if that was it, then... I think they realized at this point that they can't actually do a proper like mystery show. Because I think that's what this show has been trying to do and not been doing Kevin Smith, from what I've seen. Kevin Smith did an episode of Fat Man on Batman with Paul Dini, uh, the writer of uh, basically all of the really good episodes of Batman the Animated Series, um, where they talked about how they would like to see a show that was about a young Bruce Wayne. And this was before Gotham was even announced. Um and it basically chronicled his life through his teenage years. And their climax of that story would be like somebody, like they would never actually show the Joker, but they'd flash forward a couple of years and like maybe you'd see this laughing serum that they had pitched earlier in the episode and just this like purple glove coming out, finding all of the shit. And the way that they spun the story, I was like, that would be really interesting. And it's exactly what Gotham is not doing. Um, <laughs> being interesting? Not being interesting. I guess it, it gets there at some points, but it's just, I think the, the series would have worked so much better if it was just more of a concise story. They're doing this Game of Thrones narrative, but honestly, Game of Thrones has... Interest? And it's got an entire universe carved out for it that, I mean, so does Batman, but... Hypothetically? Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's a story that's meant to be told all at once, and you're supposed to get all of those things. To take everything from the Batman stories over the years, none of them are really connected. I mean, they are tangentially, but it was never meant to be sat there. You, it was, you were never meant to sit and consume the entire thing in one sitting like you are with Gotham. Mm. Um, it's not all one story. But I think that if they focused on any of the one characters, with the exception of Fish Mooney, we would have a very good show. But the problem is, they just, they're trying to do too much. Oh, and Poison Ivy and Catwoman both live together in Commissioner Gordon's apartment, or his wife's apartment with the watchtower. <sighs> I don't know why, but Poison Ivy's back. Ivy Pepper. Well, that's, uh, that's Gotham. Mm-hmm. I, um... Uh... I need to go read Gotham Central more. 
Yeah. Well. And get a good cop drama set in Gotham City into my system. Well, yeah. I mean, all of the Gordon stuff was really good this week. Uh, Fish Mooney stuff wasn't great, but, you know, she was kind of only in two scenes. Um, now the Penguin has control of the Iceberg Lounge. I don't I don't know how that happened because I don't watch the show, but... Uh, and and Victor Zaz was back. I guess he's a pretty regular character now. Is he? Yeah, and he was. I like. I didn't see the episode that they introduced him, but uh, I did. I liked Sorry. the. I liked the guy that they have playing him. I think he's exactly what Victor Zaz should be, which is kind of the polar opposite of what he was in Batman Begins. Although is he Batman Begins. Yeah, like he has a cameo thing. It was a cipher from the Matrix plays him but he's just really a mafia hitman um which it worked for that movie because it was a minor character and it was just a nod to the fans but that's not what victor zaz is victor zaz needs to be a fucking psychopath hmm. well maybe i'll check it out most likely maybe not. i mean maybe not yeah. maybe not <laughs> yeah i'm still waiting for agents of shield to come back yeah we have another friend that's actually going to be in gotham soon do um, we we do good for him yeah, everybody gets work in this town but me, probably because I shit all over the fucking show. Yeah. I did not. I was very diplomatic this week. Although it was legitimately good this week, so I can't. There's nothing there. I am only going off of the first eight episodes. And like we've said before, like it sometimes can take a show a very long time to find its footing. Mm-hmm. I think Gotham's so, getting there because at yeah. least all of the segments this week were totally consistent. And that was my biggest gripe with yeah. the other episodes is like you felt like you were watching not just three separate storylines to a TV show. You felt like you were watching three separate TV shows. Yeah. And it was, it was just like ugly looking. And, but this week it was shot. Very, it was very lackadaisical. <laughs> no, it was very well shot this week. Like was all it? of it. Yeah. It was it as legitimately shot, good. Was it as well shot as literally any episode of Constantine? No, but that's because the, because Constantine, they have this simplicity to it. It pisses Gotham me off. Have. It pisses me off that, like Gotham is like they film it in the most picturesque beautiful places New York like where Gotham City is supposed to be hypothetically sure and they fucking film Constantine in Alabama and they get a prettier show well the thing with that why that works better somewhere that is not New York it is very hard to shoot fucking anything in New York that is the reason that there has never been a Batman film filmed completely in New York yeah I've well they filmed the Amazing Spider-Man 2 completely in New York oh and look how that turned out um, it looked nice. Well, they shot the first three Spider-Man movies in New York, and that looked fine, too. But I, Well, they did a lot of that in sets and stuff. But it's 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 hard to film anything in New York because, A, it's really expensive and cramped. And With Constantine, they could film well, wherever they want. I mean, New York, it is expensive, but you get a lot of tax breaks for it. Uh, yeah, and de Blasio has opened up the New York Film Commission like crazy, apparently. And there's... Currently, there are 50 or 60 major long-running productions in town right now. Five years ago, it was two. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, New York is, um, yeah. Because I've, I've had problems with filming in New York before. Yeah. So and anyone. I've had problems with... Um, anyone that's ever filmed yeah, anything anyone in New York. Ever, yeah. yeah. You probably uh, relate to this pain. Filing permits, contacting NYPD, filming things with NYPD on set, filming things with people getting in the way. Mm-hmm. But it's it's fun. It's a really, really fantastic experience, and I think the results of it are completely justified. Yeah. No, watching this episode kind of makes me want to go back and watch the rest of them, just because there's so much that's going on there. I'm like, well, what the hell is going on? I don't know. Um, 
So we'll report to you back next week after having binged watch all of Gotham. Yeah. If we're still alive. <laughs> if we're still alive. If I don't kill myself by the time I get to the blind fortune teller. Which might, I'm going to hide the sharp objects in my room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a good little joke at the end uh, where Rob's character, um, who is Robin's father. Oh, that never occurred to me. Rob, Robin. Uh, until just now. There was a joke after they solve everything. Um, John and, and, and Lady Grayson, whose name escapes me, Mary. Um, they reconcile and they're talking to Gordon and thanking him. They're like, yeah, and if we ever have a child, we'll name him Gordon. And then Mary's like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's actually... We would much rather name him fucking Dick. <laughs> we'll name him after you. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> yeah, fucking Dick. Um, there was actually, um, in a recent episode of Arrow, um, which, I mean, Arrow, if, like, it's alright, it's pretty good, like, I, I can see why so many people like it, I, myself, am kind of okay with it, like, I, you feel lackadaisically towards it, I feel lackadaisically towards it, but there was, a there was an episode where, I mean, if you're familiar with the concept of Arrow, like, he was taken to the island, or he was, you know, shipwrecked on the island for five years, and the whole revelation, that they offhandedly mentioned in the first season was I wasn't on the island the entire time that I was there. Mm-hmm. And that comment kind of made you go like, what? what? And then so in the second season, no, not the second season. Second season also is on the island. In the third season, uh, it shows you that he's actually taken by Argus to start doing special missions in Hong Kong. Uh-huh. And it, that it just it really threw me off and just felt really weird. With what they were going, especially after the first two seasons of flashbacks were so phenomenal, I guess they just had nowhere else to go. But they brought him back to Starling City, in an episode, and it there were moments of it that were really cool because you know like he's home, he's really home, but he's so under such a close watch by Argus that he can't really do anything. Like, yeah, that's that kind of concept of being just so close and yet so far. And there were so many shitty jokes that just fell flat. That entire episode, like there, there, there was one, there was one time where he goes to see, he he goes to like watch his sister to make sure he's okay and puts on a green hoodie and he's wearing a hood, and uh, he goes back to his partner from Argus and he says, the, what are what are you doing? You could have been seen." And to which Oliver Queen responds like, "No, don't worry, I had the hood up," and they said, "That disguise wouldn't even work, not even if you had grease paint smeared all over your eyes," <laughs> and it just. It should it, it was not it was one of those things it was just oh <laughs> there was actually a really funny moment in Arrow where um, Arsenal uh-huh. talks to the main detective in the show you and mean Speedy yeah Speedy where he he runs into the main detective of the show uh, Detective Lance who I believe is a captain of the police force at this point um, but he's had run-ins with this detective before when he was like a beat cop uh-huh. and like he's been arrested a lot and so he has this whole voice box thing that sounds like Arrow, and he he lands in an alley, and he's talking, he's like, detective, and the detective's like, Harper, I know it's you, I've seen, you wear red, I've seen you shooting arrows, it, no need for the voice thing. Hmm. And I thought that was pretty funny, because, <laughs> I mean, like, you would notice. Harper, fucking, yeah. He's like, Harper, put it away, <laughs> like, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but... But yeah, now I've have you been keeping up on the Flash at all? No. No, 
it's getting interesting. It's pretty interesting. Like, we have, well, they're, they're calling him Reverse Flash, but Professor Zoom is kind zoom, of becoming zoom, zoom. more more prominent in the show, and it's more, you can see more of what he's doing, uh, and that's really interesting. But, yeah, it, I would say definitely watch Constantine. Flash is also great. Arrow's kind of good. I have no opinion on Gotham as in Val. Yeah. Yeah. And that is your weekly DC show rundown. Did I forget anything? No. Aren't they doing a thing with Teen Titans? They are. They are doing Titans. Set in Chicago, actually. No, Boston? Was it Boston? Boston, yeah. They're setting it in Boston. And not Bloodhaven, uh, which is really weird. I think the reason why they're not doing it in Bloodhaven is because they've mentioned Bloodhaven on Arrow and The Flash multiple times. Yeah. And they don't want to fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can't have one consistent universe because that's bad. Because that's a Marvel thing. We can't be like Marvel because we're DC and we have more pride and integrity than copying other comic book companies. Well, I have to imagine that they've mentioned Gotham on The Flash and Arrow. <clears throat> nope. No? Nope. Have they mentioned it on Gotham? I don't even go- I don't even think Gotham knows that it's supposed to be set in Gotham. No, and that's the thing that's like watching this episode, especially where they go to like uh, underpass and fucking Queens and shit. I'm just like it just looks like New York, and that's why they always fictionalize it a little bit because now it just feels like you're watching a show in New York City, which, which is fine. Is remarkably mm. actually not a cop drama in New York City. Yeah. It's a cop-esque drama. It's a cop-esque drama. It's as much of a cop drama as Common Rider Drive is a cop drama. And sadly, that's more of a mystery detective show than Gotham. Yes. That's the one that... Um, it's the sequel to Drive, right? It is, it is. No, if you're not familiar with the Common Rider franchise, it's a Japanese television series. It's really I always thought it there. was pronounced Kamen Rider. Because I'm friends with Gian Gomez. And Gian Gomez has problems with his mouth. He has problems with his Japanese. <laughs> and um, and it's, it's basically a show like, think Power Rangers, but with better costumes and a darker story. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, do the whole stupid transformation thing, and it's, it's really enjoyable. But um, that is a more established, deeper thought out cop drama than what I have thus far seen in Gotham. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's one of those things, man, just for me, it was like, it's kind of destined to fail because I would just, why can't, why did it have to be a prequel? Yeah. You, you like could take the prequel you, element out of it. And I'm, I could see that they don't want to shoot Batman because it looks bad if it's low budget, but you can literally just do like, think of, well then just do Gotham <clears throat> Central and he'd be yes. like, he'd be you see a him like twice, peripheral ever. character. Yeah. We know that Batman exists, but then we have all of these villains that you could actually use. It would be fantastic. I don't know why they had to do the stupid prequels. You, you, you can even do things like, um, if you remember the intro titles to Batman the Animated Series, and there's just like those iconic shots where he's standing on the rooftop, and it's just a silhouette, yeah, and the lightning yeah. flashes, and you see the suit. Mm-hmm. Do it once. It would be awesome. Do it once. I mean, I know cosplayers that have created really awesome film-quality-looking Batman suits. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, whenever you start to shoot bat suits and stuff, like it's it's tricky. It really is, and I understand that. But like, if that's the entire reason that you had to do a prequel, or they just wanted Bruce Wayne to be in it as a character, but like he and the kid's good. He's doing fine. He had like a big thing this week. Was the big thing the sleepover with Selena Kyle? No, that uh, that was weeks ago. Apparently, and now they're all having a sleepover with Commissioner Gordon's girlfriend, who's no longer his girlfriend. But uh, he had this. <sighs> 
he has to go lead this board meeting because he finds that Wayne Enterprises is doing dirty shit. So what you're telling me is he was a better CEO at age 11 than he was at age 40? Yeah, more or less. He was a fine CEO at age 40. If you're going by those stupid Nolan movies, you're wrong. (laughs) The Batman in the comics just never fucking sleeps. I don't see how he has time to do everything, but he's a perfect CEO, and he's a perfect detective and superhero, and he's a perfect playboy billionaire, and he's perfect everything. But he had to go, um, like, clean up Gotham. Not Gotham. Wayne Enterprises. And... He the, the kid's performance was great. I think he's fine. I just I don't like prequels. I don't. It bugs me. I mean, no one can forget X Men Origins Wolverine. The greatest film of our generation. The greatest prequel ever. Better than. Bar only to the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. You know what? Birds of Prey did Batman as a marginal character, and they were going to have him in the second season, and that was like one of the worst things that's ever happened to television, ever. <laughs> However, the opening scene where they're like flashing back, they have to explain how Oracle gets paralyzed, and it's, it's, it's the scene from The Killing Joke, basically. And they have... Uh, Mark Hamill doing the voice. Mark Hamill doing the voice. I, I, and stand-in actor number four as yeah, the Joker. I, right. But the way that they shot it, it was like kind of like a... F- it, it's all from her perspective. And um, he lights the place on fire so you could barely see what's going on, but you clearly know that it's Batman and the Joker, and you only get like little glimpses of it. And I think that out of that entire series, that is the one thing that worked <laughs> and was exactly what they wanted to do, and that's what they went for. See, and and can, you, can you imagine, like, if they had included, like, if they did do, like, Gotham set in modern day, and they did it, like, not modern day, but, like, Batman-esque days, mm-hmm. and they did a scene like that. Yeah. And if the show was canceled, which if it was if it was good, then it would probably have been canceled by Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look back and go, yes, the best thing about that show is that scene where they had Batman and the Joker because that was filmed beautifully. Yeah. Now remove that aspect, and this is what you have. Right. Well, now I wouldn't say that it was filmed beautifully. I think it was filmed effectively. Well, I'm However, saying hypothetically, yeah. if they did it in Gotham with some form of production value. Right. I, I just. I don't. What is it though? Like, why can't you put Batman on TV anymore in a non-animated form? Is it just because of the '60s Batman? Are they so afraid that it's going to be cheesy and cartoony? Well, even the '60s Batman made money. Oh, well, it made a, a whole a lot bunch of, money. of money. But now DC, just from the ground up, has to be gritty and serious and fucking awful but i i mean and, and when you bring in a character gotham has plenty of comedic elements and, though. and even when you, like, when you have the flash like a character that's completely against that whole dark gritty thing mm-hmm. and juxtaposes oliver queen's arrow so well right and it's it's a great dynamic that if it was just if the flash was dark and gritty too it would probably not be as successful as it is because it'd just be an oversaturated market but having that comedic element to a dark universe broadens it Mm -hmm. it could possibly have the chance of making it totally inconsistent there is that chance or it could come off as something that's natural and Mm free-flowing um i just and that's and and what happens when you have like a series like that that's a little different and successful well you obviously recast the main actor and put him in a movie yeah well you know but i it just it's so confusing to me because batman is this character that is this cultural phenomenon there's not a person in the world that doesn't like batman and if they do they're a dick but you have such Natasha a huge did not like batman well then i fucker <laughs> um 
why wouldn't they use him? I just don't understand where the marketing thing comes from. What is it that they're afraid of? Can you, can you imagine, like, Batman's going to be in Gotham? The fucking hype would be enormous. Right, do a flash forward. Just have it. But, but, like, but no, no, you can be like, oh, guess who's going to be in Batman? Asian Black Mask. But, like, to me, it's like, I, I, I think of what, like, the pitch to this was. I think about the planning stages of this and how did it go down? Because to me, it sounds like if Nike were to do a commercial and be like, okay, we're going to do this Nike commercial, but no sneakers. There could be no sneakers anywhere in it, but it's going to be great because people love sneakers, right? Well, we're going to have this commercial, no shoes. People running without shoes, okay? No, people running without feet. And we're not going to show the logo. We're not going to have anything to do with what our brand is, but we're going to make this commercial about, like, where does the marketing fucking appeal come from the, to make see, a Batman only, show without Batman? The only, the only possible way that I could imagine this going down is if the showrunners... And the, the writers and the directors literally have no knowledge of Batman. And there are people that are just so completely disconnected from the fan base of Batman that they just assume it's going to be popular because it has Batman not really kind of sort of Well, they were right. I mean, attached. it's extremely popular. But I just I don't understand because if I had access to a property like that, I would fucking use it to and make you know, lots you know of funny? money. I've, I've met a lot of people that really like Gotham. And my first question is always, have you, like, are you familiar with Batman? And their answer, I shit you not, is always like, yeah, I saw the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I shit you not. I've gotten that response yeah. 12 times. That's strange. Like, where were they for the last 20 years? But <sighs> it's just, it's, it's, it's bizarre to me. You know, speaking of things that hurt my brain, this is unrelated, but I was in a business class this past week, and the word came up, satisficing. Okay. Okay. And at, at first, I was, I was thinking, like, all right, this has got to be some kind of technological terminology, and they defined the word, and it was something that is acceptable and good enough, to which my word is, my thought was... Satisfying? Satisfying! And so I just kept thinking, like, this professor, and this is a professor of which has absolutely no sense of humor... In the slide. Like, he does not understand the concept of joke at all. And it's the most painful class for me to sit through in my entire life. Yeah. And, uh, because I'll try to make a joke and he'll be like, well, Michael, that's not true because blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, it was a joke. It was a joke. And, and no, and he kept using this word satisficing and he was using it so confidently. And every time he said it, I was like, satisfying? And he was like, yes, because it's a satisficing attempt. It is a satisficing effort. It is, like a, satisfi satis it is a satisficing answer. It's like satisfying and, and enticing at the same time. It, and it fucking hurt my brain every time this word was said. Because why not use satisfying? And apparently, because I was in the class and I googled it because I had to know, it is a legit terminology. Because my phone, I, I wrote it down in my phone and it popped up as being written incorrectly. So yeah. Googled it, and it came up, oh, there was a definition. Literally the same definition as satisfying. What? Yeah, satisfice, except an available option as satisfactory. It talks about, you, it talks about telling you not to satisfice, but always look for the best. What's the structural difference between that and satisfying? Well, this sounds like it's not quite satisfactory, but you take it anyway. It's like, I don't know. Beer goggles. 
It's like I want to go home with somebody it's the really of attractive. Relativity. I want to go home with somebody really attractive, but Michael but you end Holl- up coming to my room. But Michael Holler's the only option. So <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it'll satisfy. <laughs> I will punch you in the face. Oh no, you won't. Anyway, I think that we could call it for this week. Yeah. Kind of run out of shit to talk about. Kind of didn't have a whole lot of we shit to talk about in general. To talk about the first place. Next week we'll be back. Um, look for script to screen coming out soon, which is the thing that we did with the um, the very fantastic Zachary Spicer and John Robert Armstrong. We won't explain it. Yeah, they're they're two people that make me feel really bad about my accomplishments in life because they are so successful and they have a plan and things which I don't have. <laughs> they have a yeah. Well, they did utilize our expertise for something, which I was like, have you ever listened to this? Uh, Not this week. I'm Gian Gomez. And I'm Tyler. Fuck off. And I'm Zena Wood. And I'm Michael Holler. And I'm Television's John Stamos. Have a week. I mean, I'm not going to die. That's what Kevin Smith says. All right. Have, uh, yeah. Have a fuck. Fuck.